This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Science Notes, a programme on Otago Access Radio brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago. Join me, Dave McMorran, as I chat with graduate science students. We'll find out about their research, why they do science at all, and what music they enjoy. Science Notes, Thursdays from 6.30 to 7pm, only on Otago Access Radio. Well, good evening and welcome to Science Notes for the first time for 2023. Um, welcome back if you are regular listeners and welcome if you're new. Um, my name's Dave McMorran and our first guest for this year is Jackson Henneveld. Hi, Jackson. G'day. So Jackson is um, in the midst of a PhD in chemistry at Otago University. Um, he's actually taking some time out at the moment to, to, to do some teaching work for me, which is one of the reasons why he's here, because <laughs> I'm kind of in charge of him at the moment. Um, but we're going to talk a bit tonight about what he's been doing for his PhD work, work up till now. Um, but we'll start, as we normally do, with a piece of music that Jackson was brought in. So the first one is... Uh, Get Involved by Rafael Sadiq and Q-Tip. Okay, here we go. Cause we're going uptown Uptown baby, uptown same 
You'll listen to Science Notes on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, where this week we are talking with Jackson Henneveld about his PhD in organic chemistry. And I have to say that Jackson sent me some notes, and they are about as full-on organic chemistry as one could imagine. And um, so we will try and unpack what he's been up to a bit tonight. But before we get into that, um, how was it that you've ended up at Otago doing a PhD? Um, well, I actually started Otago as a psych major, mm. <laughs> not really sure how, I was a, I was a chem minor, uh, but it took me about a semester or maybe half a semester to realise that I had no idea what I'd be doing after the degree in psych, so, yep. um, I, yeah, when I realised I liked to be hands-on, making stuff that you couldn't see, that we had tools of seeing, all that sort of stuff. Um, that's when I switched gears and then, um, you know, the more years you stay doing a degree, the more convinced you are to keep doing it. Uh, and then finally doing research, I was like, okay, this is it. Yeah. So you did a you did a, the undergraduate, a three-year degree. Yeah. And then you did a one-year honours degree yep. from memory. And now you're two years into the PhD. Yeah. So um, just entering my last year now. Right. And so it was. It was molecules over mice for you. It certainly pretty, was. Pretty soon, <laughs> there was quite a there was quite a lot. I was like, oh yeah, I'll do clinical psychology, and then realised that of the three hundred people I was sitting in, that um, it would be more double digits that would be getting into clinical. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, which of course is kind of a shame because it's not like it is an important career. No. But it's just hard to get into. There's yeah, not many yeah. places in the class. And it didn't really, it didn't really strike me as much. Um, you know, you, you got to participate in psych experiments quite often uh, as part of the undergrad, and I just they just didn't click. Yeah. Um, but the labs always always felt comfortable. Yeah. Working with dangerous stuff and <laughs> bottles. <laughs> and actually, it's interesting you say that you prefer you were attracted by the idea of being able to do the work on things you couldn't see, mm. and having to work out ways to see them. Because that's what kind of always drew me to synthetic chemistry as well, is, is doing the reactions, as well. making the things as one thing, but working out how to work out what you'd made, I always found really interesting as well. It's a lifelong challenge, yeah. that one. Yeah. But the tools we get are better and better every year, so mm. it's more and more uh, certain that you've done the thing that you intended to do. Yeah. <laughs> so then... Your notes suggest, um, hiding amongst all of the um, the, the full-on organic chemistry, suggests that you are, the point of it all is to try and make um, alkaloids. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should start with that. So what is an alkaloid? Alkaloids are, are, is a word maybe people have heard of, but they don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not sure I necessarily know what it is either. So what is an alkaloid, and why do we care about alkaloids? Um, well, there's a few definitions in a range of complexities, depending on what sort of chemistry you ask. But um, to me, it's always just natural occurring molecules that have nitrogen in them. Right. Um, Because the the definition comes from uh, like a crushed up solution of plant matter that contains alkaloids would be alkaline. Right. So, you know, if it's nitrogen in it, it's going to be basic. Right. Um, But, you know, not all alkaloids are. It's just sort of, yeah, the definition's a little bit flimsy. Yeah, from, from back in the day when people knew next to nothing about what was actually happening in terms of the molecules. Yeah, and you figured out things by destroying them or seeing if they were the same 
crystal as something else yeah but um yeah essentially just natural naturally occurring molecules that contain nitrogen as a key component and why are they important for us as people well they do uh they do a lot of stuff um with some really nice alkaloids uh so there's there's quite a lot of uh, drugs that are alkaloid based Hmm. or at least at least nitrogen containing complex organic molecules Morphine's an alkaloid, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, ergot, the ergot mm. alkaloids, which was probably uh, where most people would hear the word alkaloid from the, you know, we get ergot on rye. Uh, so people making bread, uh, they start to see shapes and colours that they didn't think <laughs> they should be seeing. They start to feel really sick. And then that's sort of a really crude way of how we discover natural products. Yeah. The yeah. natural alkaloids anyway it's just people use it for some purpose or it does something to your body and so we'd break away all the elements of the thing that they were consuming to figure out what it actually was that was causing it right so so in in the, in the case of the bread there's some bacterium or something that's making it uh, along with, is it a bacterium i think it was a fungus a fungus um that was producing the the ergot alkaloids and so they're making vast numbers of molecules Yes. Many of which probably don't do anything particular to you at all. <laughs> no. But then there's these handful of ones that do interesting things to you. Yeah. And they're the ones that you then want to try and, and go in and isolate and study yeah. and potentially make. And that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, exactly. Try- is, I mean, are there particular alkaloids that you're after or is it more just a general, this is how we make these sorts of things? Uh, you sort of find that uh, a, lot of, a lot of alkaloids will share features of the molecules that I'm making. So um, if we were talking about the ergot alkaloids, uh, they are like polycyclic, meaning they just have lots of rings. Some of the rings have nitrogen in them. Um, and you'll find that with lots of alkaloids, uh, the nitrogen might be at lots of positions in the ring. They might be bigger rings, smaller rings, lots of different types. But it's more of a general approach to synthesizing shapes of molecules mm. and arrangements of atoms that are common to alkaloid natural products. So you said then that the molecules you're trying to make have got rings in them. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean if, if we were to explain this to the person in the street? What is it? What, the molecules are made up of atoms. Yep. And sometimes those atoms are in big long chains. And that's kind of what you have in like petrol and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes the atoms are in rings. And the rings, it seems to me, are often harder to make to encourage the atoms to form these little cycles of six like little hexagons like in like in beeswax or or whatever. Um, sometimes you can start with molecules that already have that and sometimes you have to make the atoms form the rings. And that's kind of what again from reading your notes this seems to be what your your research is about is about finding new ways to encourage the atoms to form these form these rings rather than do something else yeah um there's rings are really prevalent in chemistry and really prevalent in natural products they're just sort of a very stable way for atoms to exist Um, obviously they don't always like to be a ring 
some rings like a it's like the propane yeah don't really like to exist in yeah but so so ideally you want to have what six atoms in your ring yep six or five that's like nature's favorite yeah it's a six-membered ring and you can get four yep there's four a four four membered ring as we would say in penicillin yes and then sometimes you can get three but they tend to be a bit unhappy yeah and you can get seven and eights and nines as well and and then when they start to get really silly they they don't even look like rings anymore yeah yeah because they, they're so big they kind of twist up and stuff but but six and five are normally the go if, yep. you, if they can they're going to go six or five right yeah six six membered rings i mean like six membered rings is what makes graphite yeah we've just got a whole a whole network of plates essentially of six membered rings that are fused to each other it's really stable um it's just like a you know it's sort of if you ask an engineer about the triangle shape load bearing mm. shape it's sort of like nature's load bearing shape but it's a little bit more complicated yeah so you're trying to make uh, so the alkaloids have the six membered rings and the question is how do we assemble the six membered rings if they're not already there and in particular i think what what you're trying to do if i understand it right is so you're mostly focused on five member membered rings first of all yes rather than sixes because the alkaloids have both yep and the six membered rings because they're so prevalent there's been lots and lots and lots of chemistry done on making six-membered rings. Right. Very old chemistry as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, probably some of it before people actually knew what the heck they were doing. Before they knew they were making six-membered rings, they were developing reactions to do that. Yep. Um, and the most famous reaction, I suppose, and kind of where your research is, is sort of following on from is the so-called Diels alder reaction, right? Yeah, yeah. It's an old 100-year-old reaction. Um 1928 mm. they discovered it Kurt uh, Deals what was it the other way around Kurt Alder and Otto Deals yes I think yeah <laughs> uh, I always get the two names confused but uh, yeah so two real old school organic chemists um, so the Deals Alder reaction is where you take a component that has four atoms in it and a component that has two atoms in it and they sort of in one step form a six membered ring um, by connecting one end of the four atom section to one end of the two and then the other end uh, so that it's it's sort of uh, not really the way that you'd learn about chemistry at school where you'd have uh, one atom forms one new bond um, like in one step and you break one other bond as you kick something off but mm. um, for a, a cyclo addition which is this what this type of reaction is it's a uh, spontaneous form forming of multiple bonds at once right and it does that because as we said six rings are really happy the atoms really like being in, in rings especially six rings with six atoms in and so if you have a bit with four and a bit with two and you do the right things to it it's going to want to make the ring yeah very often that loves yeah. to be six membered rings <laughs> and so like you say that's 95 year old now that chemistry they won a Nobel prize for that um Deals all the reactions extremely important in all sorts of areas. And still um, being used. And still being used. And so you're trying to do the similar sort of thing, but to make five membered rings. Yeah, exactly. So you've got a, a bit that's got three atoms and a bit that's got two atoms to stick together. Yeah. <laughs> so it's often arithmetic um, with these sort of reactions is the three plus two or the four plus two. And that just tells you how many atoms are in one component, how many atoms are in the other, and then you add them together and it'll tell you how many atoms will be in the ring that you form. Yeah. 
and of course, it's it's much more complicated than that. And and one of one of the things is is that um, if you hit your your two atom component, if the ends are different to each other, mm. then they can attach one way or the other way. Yes. <laughs> I, for those listening, I'm doing the standard chemist thing here. I'm waving my hands around and doing things with my hands, which of course you can't see. It's part of the challenge of all of this. <laughs> but um, you can put that you can put it on one way or the other way, and then you get two different things potentially. Yes. And so you have to have a way of just controlling for that as well. So it rapidly rapidly gets very complicated. Yes, we call them regio isomers. Mm. They have it's just regio position essentially. But of course, if you're trying to make, if you're trying to come up with a way to make the molecule that's in the plant, all of that matters. Yes, because the plant only ever makes one specific version of all of this arrangement, um, and that one particular one will have the properties that you're interested in. Yes. They're making you see weird <laughs> shapes and colours. All the other ones will do either do nothing or do worse. Um, and so you've got to work out ways not only to assemble them, but assemble them in the right way. Yes, they are famous, famously elusive. Yeah. Um, especially alkaloids. Uh, I mean, we're sort of taking advantage of the reactivity of nitrogen-containing species, but that means that they like to do lots of reactions and lots of positions yep. uh, with lots of different things. Um, so we, at this project is sort of um, tricking the molecule to do this reaction in the correct orientation and to do it well, yeah, essentially. Um, so pre-organizing uh, a molecule is a good way of doing it where your two components that become the ring that you're trying to make are already attached in some way so that they don't really have a choice basically right. yep. um, so that the two ends that you want to react will react I mean I think and I think that's the unlike deals in order back in 1928 where they were just throwing things together and, and seeing what happened largely where organic chemistry is now is that you can be much much more because you have such a deeper understanding of what's happening you can think about how, well, rather than just throwing them together and seeing what happens, you can go five steps back and go, well, if I do this and do this and do this and do this, then when I come to do this making the ring, it will go the way that I want. And that's where the the um, the, the elegance, really, of, of all of this is now, is, this, is you have the understanding that you can, you can... You can be ready, you can be prepared for what's likely to happen and then ensure that it happens the way you want mm. I mean that's what we strive for like uh, one of the most desirable elements of organic chemistry is elegance is mm. where you get you're essentially tricking a molecule to make itself by heating it or yep. throwing some reagent at it or yep. even shining light on yep. it which yep. is quite fun and then just magic happens <laughs> yeah and magic happens yeah <laughs> Because, in, and I mean, I remember when, when I was an undergrad, you would have done this as well, um, looking at steroid synthesis. Oh, yes. Right, things like cholesterol. Um, so cholesterol is a, a, people have heard of cholesterol. Cholesterol's got lots of rings in it. One, two, three, four, five rings in it. And all of those rings form in one step from memory, pretty much. So the molecule all gets set up and then there's basically one thing, click, and it all just forms. Because the the who the plant or the organism that's making it has worked out how to do all of the stuff, which is kind of what you're trying to do as well. Yes, 
I mean, we're still. Yeah, you can't do that. No, we, we can't, can't make five rings in one go. <laughs> we're still we're still chasing that. Um, I mean, we can always get plants or fungi to do these sort of things, um, but it's hard to make it scalable. Yeah, which is often like the end goal of organic synthesis is to make stuff, and if you trying to make stuff that you can only obtain on a gram scale and you have to process to a ton of tree yeah. to do it exactly yeah um i mean the the most famous sort of example people like to talk about is taxol um or paclitaxel <laughs> uh, which is just this anti-cancer drug that was uh found in the pacific yew tree but the extraction of it decimated the population of the trees um and so there was just the sort of race among all the organic chemists at the time to find a way of making it without needing to cut down the tree. And obviously these syntheses were nightmarish, mm. so difficult, so expensive, but it still didn't cost the tree. And then yeah. we refine it over time and find different ways to source it. Um, semi-synthesis is also really cool, where you'd isolate something that was closer to your expensive thing from a really uh, cheap renewable source and then find a way to make that into your product cool we're just about out of time um what so you're two years in yeah yep, you're taking six in. months out to do some teaching with me i sure am and then um back to for another year in the writing up and everything and after that um after that uh thinking about going to europe for a bit i mean the end goal is to I'd really like to be in teaching. Yeah. I think it'd be really cool to do my own lectures and labs and plan my own courses and all that stuff. And do research and do as research well. And do research, yeah. yeah. Cool. I don't think I'd ever stop doing research. No. <laughs> no, once you've got the bug, then, yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to get rid of that anytime soon. No. Cool. Well, thanks. All the best for that, Jackson. Um, thanks Thank for coming you. on and talking to us, and thank you, everyone out there, for listening. I can just remind you again that you can listen to the show next week at the same time and then at your leisure as a podcast from the Otago Access Radio website, which is www.oar.org.nz. We will finish with Jackson's second piece of music, which is... Uh, this is The Operator by Mother's Cake. Okay, thanks for listening.
Science Notes, a program on Otago Access Radio brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago. Join me, Dave McMorran, as I chat with graduate science students. We'll find out about their research, why they do science at all, and what music they enjoy. Science Notes, Thursdays from 6.30 till 7pm, only on Otago Access Radio. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.